Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm excited for you to hear episode number 54 of our podcast. Um, Before I introduce today's guest, let me remind you of our mission statement. It simply says, All In Sports Outreach exists to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and promote unity and racial reconciliation. We're going to talk about that today. Um, If you hear from Coach Will Compton, he's currently offensive coordinator at Oak Ridge High School in the Houston area, strong man of faith. He's married, his wife Edie. He had two boys. Uh, They met in college. Um, they've, he's coached at a number of different high schools across the state, and you'll, you'll hear a lot about that. Just a, just a passionate coach on fire for the gospel, um, loves his kids, loves his job, and so I just cannot wait for you to hear from Coach Compton. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach Compton. Oh, appreciate it. Glad to be here. You bet. So I always like to start off with just getting you to share a little bit about your background. I know a lot of fam- listeners may not be familiar with, with who you are. So let's start, you know, with that background. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up, and then your family today. Absolutely. Uh, I'm the son of a coach. Uh, my dad was a coach for 37 years. And so, uh, you know, as a kid, I grew up in West Texas, a little town called Seagraves, about 60 miles south of Lubbock. Uh, I grew up in the field house running around and, and playing as many sports as possible uh, right there on the sidelines with my dad as I was growing up. Uh, when I graduated, I went to Angelo State, uh, played football for a couple of years and then played rugby, uh, which was a great experience. Mm. I had some great friends through that. Uh, it was at Angelo State where I met my wife, uh, Edie, who's a, she's a registered nurse. Uh, we have we have two boys, uh, Tristan and Levi. Uh, Tristan's right now almost 14 years old, and Levi is right at 10. Uh, been a coach for 15 years. It's my 15th season, and it's been it's been exciting. We've kind of moved around, kind of all over uh, all over Texas, just where the job takes us. Yeah. And uh, you know, each one brings a, a different experience, and you know, you get to meet different types of people and and interact with just you know complete different uh you know just all the way around just just different ways of living and, and different uh, ideas of of how to approach you know anything from education to football yeah so um did you grow up in a family of faith and then also at what point did you realize you know what um i need a personal relationship with jesus it's not anything i can do it's a it's all about that relationship Absolutely. Uh, my parents are both believers. And so, you know, I grew up and, and started in the Methodist church there in Seagraves. Uh, and then right about the time I got to junior high, uh, the, the Baptist church, First Baptist Church in Seagraves, they had a great uh, youth program uh, and a great youth pastor named Mike Hughes. Uh, really enjoyed him. So I started, my friends were going over there. So I started going uh, to the Baptist church. And, uh, you know, it was about the time I got to eighth grade that, you know, truly uh, accepted Christ into my heart and, you know, started, uh, started living that, that true lifestyle from mm-hmm. there. And it was, it was all due to, you know, you know, first of all, the, the youth group, you know, being able yeah. to uh, interact with, with kids same age as me that, you know, same beliefs and, and, and things like that. And so, you know, they welcomed me in and, and that was the point right there where, you know, I really, really started, started diving in. And then, you know, as you go through college, you know, uh, you go to church kind of, went to church kind of when I could. Yeah. And then really, uh, you know, after the birth of, uh, after the birth of Levi, our second son, uh, really started diving back into the church and, and being, you know, truly committed. My wife, uh, 
we're from. She's uh, she was Lutheran and I was Baptist, and so, you know, you know how that is as a as a married couple. You're you're figuring out, you know, which church you're gonna go to, yeah. and, and you know how you're gonna raise your kids. So, uh, we compromised and, and we went with my wife's church, and so. Uh, just two, three years ago now, uh, I, I joined the Lutheran Church there in Bryan when I was head coach at Rudder, and uh, it's been a great experience all the way around. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's a cool story of how even in middle school, I mean, eighth grade, there's a lot going on in the mind and in the body of, of eighth graders. So to, to to accept Jesus in middle school, I think, is, a, is an incredible testimony there um, and just hearing how just even through marriage and the birth of kids has an impact in our mm-hmm. faith journey. I know as a dad, um, you know, being the, the pressures and everything that goes along with being a husband and a dad, it, you know, it can either make or break your faith. And so that's good. So let's, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk some sports and then we'll get back to faith here in a minute. So um, I mentioned in the intro that you are a coach at Oak Ridge high school, um, there in the Houston area, you said you're the son of a coach, so obviously been around sports your entire life. At what point did you decide, you know what, um, I wanna, I'm going to pursue a career in coaching, and then where did that journey begin? Uh, I think, you know, for me, it was always, I, I always wanted to be a coach. And seeing the, the impact that my dad had uh, mm. on, on kids in our area and seeing, you know, the influence that he had on them, you know, that was that's something I remember from you know, from my, from my, my littler years. And so I always knew the moment I stepped on to, to Angelo State University, I knew I wanted to be a coach and, and wanted to pursue that path. And so, you know, that was just always where I wanted to be. And upon graduation, uh, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to go, I wanted to go get a job and I wanted to be in the junior high. That was, that was big for me. You know, I felt that, you know, for me to be able to, to move up the ladder and be able to, uh, eventually become a varsity coach. I needed to start at the at the junior high level and, and get to know the, the program from the ground up. And, uh, you know, on, on top of that, I wanted to go a place where, you know, my dad didn't know anybody and he couldn't get me a job. You know, I didn't want to be, I wanted to kind of to make my own name. Uh, so I started my journey uh, at Rice Consolidated. It's about 45 miles west of uh, uh, Katy, a uh, small school. Uh, enjoyed it, enjoyed it, and uh, it was a great experience for us. That's awesome. So, how long have you been at Oak Ridge? Uh, this is my this is my second time around, uh, and we've been here two years. Okay. Uh, I was with Coach Rush at John Tyler. Uh, got hooked up with him in 2010. I was with him there 2010, 2011, and then he took the he took the job at Oak Ridge as the athletic coordinator and head football coach. Uh, asked me to come along, and so I came with him, and uh, we were able to turn our program around. And then I was blessed enough to get a head coaching job at Rudder High School in Bryan ISD. Uh, spent three years there, and you know, and it was a great experience, great learning experience for you know my first time as a head coach. Yeah, uh, you definitely you learn everything that you didn't that you didn't know that you needed to know. I guess is the best way to say that. Uh, after three years, you know, we felt it was best for our family to to kind of step back from that role and. Uh, Call Coach Rush, and he invited me back, and uh, you know, been at Oak Ridge since. That's awesome. That is awesome. I, yeah, I can imagine uh, being a first-time head coach, especially in the uh, in the state of Texas in high school football, where I mean, it's it's more like coaching at a small college versus a high school, um, with you know, with everything that comes with being a head coach and the pressures to win, and so that's that's good. Um, so you mentioned coaching John Tyler as well. So you've you've been around a lot of success. Um, on the field, 
Um, so I got to ask you, and, you, and you and I talked about this a little bit in our first conversation, um, the first time we, we, we chatted, and is there an athlete or two that you've coached that really stands out to you, just from a pure athletic standpoint? Um, I know you, you've, you've coached quite a few that have gone on to do some oh. good things in college. So is there one or two that just really, you know, is ingrained in your mind and your heart just from the pure athletic ability? You know, the, the first one that I have, and, and he's, he's dear to me, uh, is a kid named Donovan King. Hmm. I coached him my first two years at Rice Consolidated. Uh, and I was lucky enough uh, a couple of years ago that I stood in for his dad in his wedding. Oh, wow. And so, and, you know, and he called, we're, I think we're four years apart in age, and he calls me Pops, and he hmm. calls me Dad. And so, you know, and, you know it's just kind of funny because we're about the same age. But that was, uh, that was the first kid that, that truly had an impact on, on me as a coach and, and definitely set the tone for, for me as, you know, knowing that relationships and building relationships with, with the, with your student athletes and truly getting to know them was the best way to get the most out of them. And, you know, not just, you know, not just in the, in the truly athletic standpoint, but, you know, to make sure that, you know, you're getting the most out of them in the classroom and, and, you know, and that doesn't end when they graduate, you know, me and Donovan, uh, he's now a coach. And so oh, wow. you know, me and him talk, we talk at least once a week now and uh, you know, just about life and marriage and, and all the things that come with it. And so he was, he was the first one that, that truly had that impact. And then, you know, obviously at, at John Tyler, we had, we had a collection of athletes as far as from the, just the athletic standpoint that were amazing, amazing kids. Uh, we had Greg Ward who went on to quarterback at, at university of Houston and played for the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Uh, Tyus Bowser, who was a second round pick for the, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Justice Wiggins now is playing for the Chargers. Wow. So, I mean, we had a, we had a, a collection of guys, uh, Fred Ross played Mississippi state and then uh, also with the Carolina Panthers. And so uh, as my job as an offensive coordinator, I admit, it was very easy when I was at uh when I was at John Tyler, cause you just kind of close your eyes and pick a play and, and you know, those guys are going to make it work. Wow. That's awesome. Now, is there an athlete that you've coached that just from maybe on, let's talk about the spiritual side that you've seen, maybe God puts you in their life, at a certain time where, where God used you in their life? Absolutely. Um, I guess it's probably been about five years now uh, when I went to Rudder. Uh, God put an athlete in my life. His name was Mikey Green Ellis. And love loved Mikey to death. Uh, you know, he was a, he was a knucklehead. And mm-hmm. he's one of those kids who he was following the wrong path. And, mm-hmm. and I tried to sit down with him and, and definitely – explain, you know, if he continues on that path, this is where he's going to end up. And he eventually ended up out of our program mm. uh, as, a, as an athletic coordinator, head football coach, eventually got to the point where I had to remove him from our program. Uh, he got to that point where he had no one else to call. So he called me and, uh, you know, once, one summer morning. And so that's on that, that morning, he, he met me up at the school. We were having strength and conditioning camp, talked with him. And then I was like, all right, we're going, we're going out to eat. And so we took him and, and my son, we went out to eat, and I was like, hey, we got vacation Bible school this afternoon. You know, you want to mm. come to vacation Bible school with us? Wow. Well, absolutely. Went with us. He had a great time. Uh, ended up spending the night, called his grandma, let him know where he was and, and everything. Uh, one night turned into a couple weeks, turned into two years later. Wow. Um, he, lived with us. he lived with us for two years. Uh, one year there at Rudder. Uh, and then I came back to Oak Ridge, uh, you know, 
it, he he moved with us from Bryan, uh, ended up graduating from from Oak Ridge, and you know, us being in his life and him being in our lives, uh, it had its kind of times. Uh, but you definitely knew that he was there for a reason, and, and God was using you, uh, us. I say us as a as a complete family because he he affected everyone in our family. Uh, wow. Was using us to to make a difference in his life. You know from where he was about to go, which was was pretty close to jail, uh, and living living on the streets and, and living that lifestyle, to you know where he's at now. And so, uh, it's been it was an amazing journey, and but you definitely knew that you know it wasn't all you that that had the hand to making that happen. Man, that's powerful. I've talked to a lot of coaches both on this podcast and just some you know, friends in the coaching industry. There's always, you know, it's amazing the, the impact of a coach in, in a young athlete's life. But, man, that's that's incredible. That's a um, just an encouragement to me personally um, that sometimes God puts us in positions, uh, whether it's through job or relationships, to to impact a person, and it may cause us to um, get uncomfortable. You know, having somebody live with you, um, I'm sitting here thinking, I've got three kids at home. You know, what if God brought somebody like that into our life and asked us to, to take them in for two years? I mean, that's that's huge. That's an encouragement. I mean, I think that's a powerful testimony right there. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's... It, was, it, was, it definitely had its, it had its moments. And, uh, you know, it's definitely, you know, when you, you bring in a, you know, a 16-year-old. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when, you're, when your kids are 12 and 8, you know, it's it's completely different. You know, yes, you know how to yes, you know how to deal with some of those things that you deal with at the high school, but now when it's in your house uh, and, and you're not you haven't grown with that kid, or you know, it's it's changing behaviors, and it's you know now it's it's waking up Sunday morning to go to church and making sure that you know, hey, we're not staying out all night. We're coming in at you know ten or eleven o'clock, and we're gonna do our homework, and just a variety of those things that you know, our, our life changing for him. And, and definitely it was adjustment for, for me and Edie. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking, I mean, as a parent, I mean, bringing in a 16 year old, when you have two younger boys, especially um, who are, would look up to a 16 year old and, and you're taking them in because they need a foundation. I mean, that's a, that's a huge mm-hmm. risk even. I mean, I, 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 it is. It's it's a risk. I mean, I, that's that's a that's a huge encouragement to just being obedient to what God's calling you to do and trusting Him to to guide you day by day, or in that case, probably moment by moment. It's a that's a great. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good testimony on on trusting and obeying. That's good. I appreciate it. You bet. So, is there a? I mean, it's kind of hard to ask more questions after that. But is there a memory or? accomplishment that stands out to you so far in your coaching career? You know, I think one of my, one of my favorite memories was when I was at Rudder, uh, in, I believe it was 2015, uh, when I won the, the FCA, uh, character coach of the year. Uh, it was, you know, for me, it was, it was a very humbling experience. Uh, we were trying to do things right, uh, within our program. Uh, trying to be, you know, like me and you were talking about earlier, uh, like a guy like Dabo Sweeney, you yeah. know, and, you know, openly, you know, let kids know who I was and, and where I stood. And, you know, I had some great coaches on my staff, a guy named Ryan Montalvo. Uh, he was fantastic and, and helped build our, our FCA program and, and get kids into the FCA camp and things like that. Uh, and so I was, I was humbled and, you know, 
it was amazing honor to to win that. Uh, guy we had, he was in the area. A guy named Terrence Price, who was a he ended up being the SCA rep for our region. as uh, one of my best friends, and so he would come in and he would lead uh, Friday devotional for us every Friday before games, uh, and just trying to you know spread that word and, and be a positive influence for kids who may have not other had it anywhere else. And so to me, that was that was one of the one of the biggest highlights of my career. Yeah, that's awesome. Now let's kind of flip the table a little bit. Um, what would you say has been your greatest um, disappointment or challenge so far? You know, I think, you know, still still sticking it right, I think the, the biggest disappointment for me was not being able to to turn the program around. Mm. Uh, as, far as, the, as far as the football program in, in that aspect, as far as making uh, the scoreboard change, you know, everything – about what we were doing there and the coaches that we had, we changed everything except for, you know, occasionally those those scores on the scoreboard. Yeah. And, you know, that that was tough. And so, and, you know, uh, along with that, you know, you know, we had a couple kids that chose that wrong path. And, and you know, anytime you have a kid that that chooses that path, it's just it, it's heartbreaking for you. And, and seeing them, seeing the self destruction that that happens whenever you know uh, they're not you know, living a godly life and, and following, you know, what God truly wants them to to be and, and who he wants them to become. Yeah. So I guess the next question I want to ask, kind of um, you've, you've talked a little bit about the demands of coaching, being a husband and a dad, just by taking in that, that, that young man. But even today, how do you balance the demands of being a, high school football coach, which is, you know, during this season, it's uh, more hours than, than, than most would count. Um, how do you balance that with being a husband and being a dad? You know, first and foremost is I have an amazing wife. Uh, and so, you know, she's, we're, we're a team. And so that makes that balancing act uh, a lot better, you know, and, you know, as I grew up, I grew up, you know, chasing my dad around the field house and on the field and everything else. And so my boys are, are similar in that aspect. And so I think that, you know, we do spend a crazy amount of time, you know, coaching and, and doing those type of things. I think the best thing that a coach can do is to get his kids involved with their program and, mm. and, and invite them along. You know, Tristan, uh, my older son, he rode the bus with me uh, to games. And then, you know, Levi would, he would ride up there with Edie and then Levi would come down and he was the ball boy. And so, you know, having, having him run around the sidelines and bother referees about, do they need another football <laughs> was, was amazing for me as a, as a coach and as a dad, just to see them be around it. You know, I've always felt that, you know, if you're leading your program in the right direction and, and leading them the correct way, then you shouldn't fear your kids hanging out with, uh, you know, your athletes, you know, you talk about them being a, a role model, you know, just like Mikey was to, to my kids. You know, I want that for, for every kid that's in our program to where, you know, because they're in the weight room with, with this kid and this kid and this kid, I'm not having to worry about what they're learning from those kids, you know. And uh, to me, that's been the, the best thing of, of being able to balance it, you know, is to it's definitely you got you to gotta put your family first when it comes between work and job. You know, you got to, if that means that you cut a meeting five, ten minutes short so that you can run across town and go watch a, 
a B-team seventh grade basketball game, hey, that's exactly what you need to do. Because mm. uh, there's going be, to be a whole lot more meetings, but there's only going to be one more uh, B-team seventh grade basketball game versus that team. And so it's, you know, it's about putting your priorities in the right spot. Well, that's good. That's good. I like how you, you know, involving your kids in the program. Um, that's, that's very good. Um, so now I want to talk a little bit about, um, there's no secret that we live in a, you know, our culture is very divided and sports is one of the things that does unite us. Um, and I mentioned this in our intro, but I want to share the mission statement of who we are as an organization. It's simply, um, all in sports outreach exists to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we added to promote unity and racial reconciliation because we believe that sports is one of the greatest tools to breaking down um, barriers, especially when it comes to race, um, socioeconomic status. So, um, you know, do you, I'm sure you've seen that. So do you have an example to share of how you've seen um, sports bring people together when ordinarily the people wouldn't be together? You know, I think, I mean, absolutely. You see it, you know, I mean, you could see it at any school that you went to. Uh, because, you know, here at Oak Ridge, we have, we have kids who live in million-dollar houses, and we have kids, you know, who, who have a very, very small house where they may have eight or ten siblings living together. Mm. And so, you know, I think that, you know, and it doesn't matter what school you went to, you're going to see some dynamic right there. And I think that, you know, through athletics uh, is an amazing is an amazing opportunity for people to put down those dividers and and put down those 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 judgments that they may have uh, versus this person or that person or because of race or because of you know where they live or what type of shoes they wear, you know, many different types of things that you know you can put that down and know that you know this guy or, or girl, I mean, they're going to have my back uh, when it comes time for sports. You know, they're going to put in the same, uh, we call it sweat equity. You know, they're going to they're gonna put in the same work uh, that I have to do. And, you know, when you're in that weight room or when you're on the field, it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have when you're between the goal line. You know, when you're, when you're out on that field, the, the guy across from you in a, in a football game, he's, he's not worried about how much money you have in your pocket. You know, it's about, you know, you and that guy next to you working together, you know, regardless of where you come from or, or you know, what you have and things like that, of coming together to, to to be successful. And, you know, with that, you see it in the stands. You mm. know, when you are able to create that success, now, I mean, parents are rallying around, you know, each other because there is a, a common vested interest. And so to me, that's uh, sports. Is, that's why sports are so amazing is that people can identify it, you know, that team, that unity and, you know, definitely, uh, you know, brings it, brings us all together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, I, um, a lot of times when we talk about this, we talk about it as a part of the team, but I do, um, I'm glad you mentioned even in the stands because that is one place uh, we're talking football on Friday nights that you do see people, um, they may not be united based on the score and what's happening, but they're united put, putting aside, you know, social status, race, or whatever. So um, that's good. I, that's that's a very good um, description of, you know, what I view personally, and we as an organization view the role of sports. Um, there's so many life lessons learned, but I just think in in when there's so much division that 
um, sports is the one way that um, really brings people together. And I was thinking about we had the the privilege a little over a year ago to interview uh, Coach Bill Curry on the podcast. And that's one of the things he said that you know in football, you know when when you where you're in the huddle, nobody's looking to the guy on the left, the guy on the right, and thinking about the size of house they live in, the color of their skin, or or whatever. I mean, they're thinking about the very next play. So that's Absolutely. good. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners, Coach, are uh, student athletes and other coaches like yourself. And um, there's really no secret either that, um, you know, now in today's culture, it's not as easy for them to, to live out boldly their faith in, in the school systems just because there's a lot of um, – just a lot of rules on, on talking about faith and especially with kids. So, um, and even for students, um, you know, or maybe they're, they're afraid. So what advice or encouragement would you offer a student athlete or a coach that's listening that is a believer and really wants to use that platform of athletics to make a difference for Christ in their school or on their team? And, you know, and that's a whole other topic. I say platform. Athletics is a platform. It can be used for good or bad. So what, you know, what encouragement would you, um, w- w- would you offer an athlete or a coach? You know, I think, I think the first and foremost, you've got to be yourself. You know, and, and if that's who, you know, if you're going to be a, uh, a strong Christian, uh, male, female, be that person. And, you know, be that person all the time. And, and don't, you know, I say, I want to say conform to what society calls normal now, uh, because, you know, it, it is, it's, it's a different today's times and, and what goes on in a high school is completely different from, you know, in the, in the late nineties when I was in school and, and what's acceptable is completely different. And I think that you have to, you have to decide what type of person that you want to be and, and decide to be that and be that person all the time, you know, and, and I say it as a coach. Uh, yes, we're, we're restricted on, on things, you know, as far as what we can do and what we can't do. And, and that, however, when, when kids know exactly where you stand, that opens the door for them to come ask you about those certain situations or, or to ask you, uh, those tough questions that, you know, you, you can't force upon them, but they can definitely come and, and ask you, uh, you know, coach, why do, why do you feel this way? Or coach, you know, how do I handle this type of situation? And, I think being being honest with kids and, and letting them know exactly where you stand and, and you know, developing relationships and, and you know, I think through relationships they'll know, you know, that that you be, you believe and and that, you know, you're there for them to, to help them be successful. And I think that, you know, with student athletes, you know, I'm dealing with it with my son right now and you know, he's in junior high, that, you know, what's acceptable and what's the cool crowd isn't necessarily what's the right crowd. And, Amen. You know, we talk about we, we talk about, uh, you know, we talk about that on our way to school every morning. You know, it, it's not about being the coolest kid. It's about being true to who you are. You know, and I was like, I want that same kid that I'm, you know, walking to church with on Sunday to go to Sunday school and, and, and go to church. I want that same school, that same kid walking the hallways uh, of the junior high. That's and good. I was like, be, be, be strong with it. And I was like, it may make you unpopular. It may, you know, it, it may not have your, you know, all the all the cool crowd and all your friends and this and that. And you may not be the funniest guy in class. And I was like, but in the end, I was like, you're going to be true to who you are. And you're definitely going to know, you know, where you stand as you move forward. Because, you know, obviously junior high ends and then it becomes high school and then it becomes college and then it becomes life. And yeah. if you're constantly adapting to, uh, 
the views of everybody else and not standing for what you believe in, then uh, you just become a chameleon to the world and you don't know exactly, you know, what you truly do believe. Yeah, that's good. That, that That's a good reminder um, for anybody, whether a coach, a student athlete, or even me um, in, in my career is that who I am when I'm at church on Sunday needs to be who I am set 24 seven. Um, and I think especially, I think you brought up a, um, a good point on, especially for coaches, if you're living it out, you're opening the door for an athlete to come to you during those hard times. I think that's good. And I have a son who's in ninth grade now when, you know, we've talked about the same thing. He loves football, runs track. And we talk about that a lot too, is you need to be who you say you are all the time. And because number one, God's going to use you where you are. It may be as a leader, whether it's a quiet leader or a vocal leader. And when a classmate or a teammate's going through a difficult time, they're going to go, you know what? Miles is a, is a young man of faith. I'm going to go talk to him. You know, you may not be seen as the cool guy, but when, when people are going through adversity, they look for the Christians. So that's good. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Absolutely. So do you have a, you know, some people have a life verse or, um, or favorite, favorite Bible verse. Do you have one that you would share or maybe one that God's just shown you recently in your life that, that you would share to encourage listeners? Um, you know, I think, you know, the one for me that, that, that's really hitting me right now, uh, second Timothy, you know, uh, fought the good fight. I finished the race and I've kept the faith. And, you know, that's one of the, the beliefs that, that we have in, we had in our program, uh, when I was at Rotor was that we were going to live what we called, uh, F4. And, you know, is that, you know, we were going to put our, our faith, family, fight and finish. And, you know, and with that, you know, in everything that you do, you know, as far as fighting, it's not necessarily, you know, combative is that, you know, you have to, you have to compete against, you know, uh, compete against your opponent, compete against yourself, uh, in, in things that you can do, uh, and then fight, you know, as well to, to be true to who you are, you know, and, you know, finish everything that you start, you know, if you're, if you're going to start it, finish it. And that's, that's one of the big things that I talk about with our kids and, and my kids as well. And then, you know, have that, have that faith, know that, know that, uh, God's not putting you there to fail. You know, mm. know that he has a plan for you and that, you know, his plan is, is greater than anything that you could ever imagine for yourself. That's right. And so have faith in that, that, you know, you, yes, you may be going, you know, you may be going through a storm right now, but know that, you know, God's right there beside you and, and have faith that, you know, he's going to put you exactly where he needs you to be and uh, exactly when he, when he wants you there. And so, you know, I think that's, uh, those are the things that, that have really been hitting on me lately. That's good, yeah, because it's all about how we deal with those storms. Because um, you know those those storms come to sometimes to correct us or sometimes to perfect us, or they're always there for a reason. So that, that's a good reminder. So one last question: um, the name of our organization, All In Sports Outreach. We took the first two words, All In, which you know they're all over sports teams. Just that kind of that rally cry, mm-hmm. being All In. But we chose that uh, name coming from Colossians 3.17, I'll paraphrase it, but in whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. So anytime we're talking to to, to students and athletes, we, we talk about, we, we share that verse, we talk about being all in, and it doesn't mean just giving 100% effort on the field, on the court. It's 
at home, as a son or a daughter, it's in the classroom, it's at work, it's in sports, it's all areas of our life. I mean, the verse says in word or deed. So whatever we're saying, we're thinking, and we're doing, we should be doing it um, to bring honor um, and point people to Jesus. So um, I share that to ask this last question, you know, to you personally, what does your walk look like? I mean, what does it mean for you, Coach Compton, to be all in in your walk with Christ? You know, I think that it's a daily struggle. And, and I think that's uh, maybe a, a misconception that uh, maybe some non-believers or, or people that are that are struggling with their faith to understand is that, you know, every single day is you have to wake up and you have to make that decision that that's how you want to live your life. And to me, being all in, it, it's it's difficult. You know, you ha- you're going to have your, we talked about it a second ago, with your storms. Mm. Those are going to come up. And, you know, being all in, I mean, you have to, I mean, from the time that you wake up, you have to start putting it in your head each and every day that, you know, you're trusting God and, and that where he's putting you is exactly where you need to be. You know, you're trusting God that he's going to help you through maybe this situation that you kind of see coming. Uh, and I think that, you know, being all in, I mean, you have to, you have to walk it, you have to live it. Are we going to stumble and fall? Absolutely. We're going to hit it. We're going to hit our face on the concrete so hard that we don't know what to do. Uh, however, being all in means that, you know, we get back up and we put our faith right back to where it needs to be. And for me, that's, that's, that's kind of the best way to, to, to say it. I you know, I've always been perfect far from it. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I got a buddy named Jared Medulla. He's a singer up there in, in the Frisco area. And he has a song that says, Jesus runs with a rough crowd. Hmm. And, <laughs> you know, and, I mean, he took the, he took the least likely people to do, uh, you know, the most amazing things. And so, you know, I can trust them in, in that, knowing that, you know, yes, I'm imperfect. And yes, I, I've made mistakes. And yes, I'm going to make another mistake probably again tomorrow. Uh, however, I just know that he's, he's with me in my walk. And, you know, he's going to be there for me. Uh, because he loves me uh, today, tomorrow, and, you know, from here on out. Yeah, that's good. Well, man, there's been a lot. Um, I know I usually jot down notes um, as we go through these, and I've got um, a pretty um, lengthy list just from this conversation, just the encouragement I took from it for me personally. Um, So I appreciate your time. I know you know, it's it's never a real off-season for coaches. I know it's busy, so I appreciate your time and willingness to come on and, and share your story and, you know, and just, just know that we we wish you uh, continued success. I appreciate it very much. It was an honor to, to be on here and, and to share, you know, my story, my path, uh, and just, to, you know, hopefully it's an encouragement for, for somebody out there. Absolutely. We covered a lot of that episode as we do in many of our episodes, but as I said at the very end, I mean, I take notes through these, and there's just a lot of things I took away from talking to Coach Compton, just his faith journey, accepting Christ in eighth grade, and then um, college kind of in and out of the church, and then back really strong um, after the birth of his second son, and and then just talking about athletically the success they've had as a coach, but but also just a couple of young men that, you know, one, he stood in as a dad at a wedding recently, and they're still close friends. And then having a, a young athlete live with them for two years because the young man needed a to be in a family. So just 
putting your own desires aside and following God and what God has for you and your family. Uh, and I cannot imagine having a teenager come live with me as a parent of two other kids like they did. And so that's unbelievable. So just an encouragement. Um, he's He won FCA Character Coach of the Year before. Just a strong man of character and how he sees his role in sports and just the encouragement, not just the coaches and student athletes, but each one of us that um, just to be who we are in Christ every day, Um, not just on Sundays, not just on uh, certain days or certain times, but 24-7, be who God has called you and me to be. I hope you've been encouraged by um, Coach Compton. I know I have. I know I um, just a couple times we've talked on the phone, um, just just hearing his passion, so contagious and encouraging to me. So I would ask you to share this episode with family and friends, somebody you know, um, especially a coach or student athlete that you feel like would be encouraged, share it with them. Um, and also, I would encourage you, as we always do, to communicate with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can do that through Facebook, All In Sports Outreach, and also on our Facebook page. Not only can you communicate with us, you can Keep up to date with what we have going on, opportunities to pray for us, serve with us, and to give. And our website, always encourage you to go to our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. A lot of information, our leadership, who we are, what we do, why we do it. And you can also communicate with us there. And the last thing I'm going to ask you to do, if this episode has been an encouragement to you, please go to iTunes, leave us a review, because the more reviews we have, the greater the platform God gives us to continue spreading the message of gospel through media. So thank you for listening. We appreciate each one of you that faithfully listens. And also, if you're a first-time listener, go back and listen to previous episodes and continue to share this podcast with family and friends.